Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. So grateful for Paul and Nikki, the work they do to make this podcast sound so professional. Nikki does all the editing. Paul does the intros, outros, has been with me forever. So great to have this team of true professionals with us. We're so excited to have the mortgage professionals joining us around the nation. This is Monday, November 23rd, Thanksgiving week. And we're so grateful for you, our listeners. Again, this podcast is for you, mortgage professionals. And we're grateful that we have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information and an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Our hot topic is Tom Showalter coming on. He's the founder and CEO of Candor Fintech. I'm so excited to have him come on. This is the fourth in a four-part series of podcasts dealing with technology, what we're doing and helping underwriters underwrite more loans. We're certainly paying them a lot more money and many would say that's well-deserving. We're not going to argue with that, but now that you're making the extra money, we need to find a way to make them as effective and get our best return out of our investments. We've been doing a series of podcasts talking about underwriting technology. We've had some great podcasts. We had Joe Tyrell lead off the first week. Second week was Brent Chandler of Form Free. He did a great job. Then last week we had uh, Frank Poison for Black Knight and we've got Tom Showalter. So very excited to have him on. Tom was a rocket science in the aerospace technology industry. So we're going to be having some fun with that a little bit here, especially with Frank's comment last week about this isn't rocket science, it's worse. But anyway, more on that. Stay tuned to the second half. We're also proud to be a part of the industry syndicate.com. Check it out as well as Mortgage Media, two great places where you can listen to other great podcasts. Again, we promote podcasts everywhere. We're also pleased with our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors especially the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. On September 14th, we had Marina Walsh on talking about the profitability numbers and what's going on there. That was a great podcast. Also, a special thank you to Sodastra's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. is just so powerful. We had Steve Hoke on on August 24th talking about some of the things that Sodastra is doing, especially with data. Lenders One, we had Justin Demolia on back at June 1st. And then also, we've got the Mortgage Collaborative. We've got a pre-recorded podcast coming up here with Tom Gallucci. Mortgage Collaborative will be with us. Also, the Community Mortgage Letters Association, we also had Michael Jones on September 21st of this year. Did a great job. Go back and listen to that podcast. Also, Indicom, so grateful for them as sponsors. We had on Linda Bomar. So grateful to have all of our sponsors here be with us. So thank you very much. Also, a special thank you goes out to Accelerate. A thank you to Josh Friend. He was on in August 17th. Go back and listen to that podcast. Ainsworth Advisors, as listen to the updated podcast you'll find on the Ainsworth Advisory website, September 7th podcast. We had a good discussion on about that. Also, AI Assist, go listen to Roman Venfield, the podcast we did in July 15th about how you can use AI to artificially go out and connect with borrowers. And it's on the marketing side. So very good stuff. Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Innovient. Check out what Ted Kramer and his team is doing for some of the top mortgage companies in getting the best pricing, being competitive in the marketplace. Also, Knowledge Coop, Mobility, RE, Modix, Vilna, Vendorserve, Vidyard. So grateful to have all of them. And we're also so grateful to have Alice, Alan, Matt here each and every week for the podcast. So we're going to get right into the Hot Topic segment right now. 
Folks, so good to have you joining us for the Hot Topics segment for the week of November 23rd. So good to have as our special guest, a special, really interesting guy. He's a rocket scientist. And before we go and introduce you to Tom Showalter, I want to give a shout out to Brandy Young, who reached out to me when she heard we were doing these segments. Again, we're doing this is the fourth in a four-part series on underwriting and underwriting technology, what's going on in the fintech world, help underwriters. We're paying them more money. As I said at the beginning of the regular podcast, we're paying them more money. We need to get more productivity out of them. And underwriters should be happy about this and get back to what they used to do and the volumes they used to do. We need technology to help them. Brandy was listening to that, reached out to me. She said, Dave, you've got to have Tom on. And I've listened to Tom speak at conferences. So it's a real honor to have joining us today, Tom Showalter, founder and CEO of Candor Fintech, a true rocket scientist. Tom, good to have you here. Good afternoon. Thank you for having us. It's a real pleasure. And uh, you also have a notable career. You are a digital risk core logic, first American. You've got a notable career already in the mortgage industry beyond that. And I'm particularly interested in the comment that Frank said last week. He was working with a rocket scientist. If you'll go to those that listen to the podcast, hey, for those of you who say this is not rocket science, implying that it's not as bad, he says it's worse. It's even more difficult than <laughs> rocket scientists. So, Tom, so good to have you on the podcast. We could go on and on about Thank your you. background. I've you. heard people to check out in the show notes, uh, your full background and get to know you. You are an elegant speaker. You speak at a lot of conferences. I'm really just honored to have you yes, here. Sir. In the past, some interesting discussions around what you think is a real bottleneck in underwriting and how to solve that. Mm-hmm. Can you bring some of the real improvements to the lending? And I talk a little bit about the bottleneck and what you've been seeing. You're an expert. Really want to get your perspective on that. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having us. And this is an excellent question. When we were founding Candor, we really wanted to target something that had true economic significance and would have process value for the average mortgage maker. And we identified opportunities in the back office space. This is where the bottlenecks were occurring. And we took a hard look at the bottleneck in the back office space, and we found out, based upon our analysis, it was the dependence upon the critical thinking of the underwriter that was the bottleneck. You couldn't really get around. You couldn't move alone downstream. You couldn't get it across the goal line unless you applied underwriter critical thinking to the loan. And so it's this reliance upon critical thinking that is the true bottleneck to creating a fast and efficient underwriting process. And it's our assertion that to really revolutionize the economics of lending, we really had to model the critical thinking of an underwriter. We must teach a computer to think critically, and we must teach a machine to react as an underwriter would. This was not easy, as you might guess. When we got into it, and as we took a hard look at it, we realized that some loans require a little critical thought to fund, and others require a great deal, but all loans require some. And so, therefore, we had to have a path to successfully underwriting and funding a loan. We found that to be volatile and prone to change. So this new technology had to have some dynamic nature to it. As new data arrives, the complexion of the loan will change. And as new investor guidelines are encountered, the complexion also changes. So it's the job of the underwriter to assess and reassess the loan in this dynamic, fast-changing environment and to adapt accordingly in order to successfully underwrite and fund a high-quality loan. And this is no small task. No two loans are alike. Each loan is unique. The path to a successful underwrite is complex and dynamic, and that is why underwriters are so well-paid. And until now, only a bright, adaptable, insightful, and experienced person could perform the underwrite successfully. We believe Candor has changed that. 
At Cantor, we have a successfully modeled underwriter thought life and institutionalized that in a computer with what's called expert system technology. This was not easy, as I mentioned. Cantor has absorbed over two years in its design, another three years in development, and at least 18 months in customer development and test. Back to your previous guest comment about QA, we did yep. a lot of it. Today, Cantor runs over 1 million lines of code, and in the months of August, September, October, and November, Cantor has processed over 70,000 live loans. The economic benefit to our clients has been enormous, and we partnered with some great lenders. So these folks have done their share of the heavy lifting. Cycle times from application to funding have been reduced by 20.6 days for every loan that Cantor cuts. Pull-through rates have increased 18.1%. Borrower satisfaction has increased by 11%. And over 50% of these loans, over 36,000 of them, absorbed no underwriter labor at all. Our clients were amazed, and we were grateful for the opportunity. That's the story of the bottleneck. That's so interesting. Well, also, I understand about AI. It is a learning. It's constantly learning. The fact that you've run 70,000 live loans and that you've had 36,789 not require any underwriter labor, that is pretty amazing. And at the core of this is this thing you just referenced. It's called expert system. And how does this replicate thinking and how can we have confidence in it? Sounds pretty futuristic. It is futuristic in a way, but expert systems have been around for some time. An expert system, what its job is, it models the thinking of a subject matter expert. It does this using a methodology called knowledge engineering depicts the expert's thinking to best represent how he or she organizes and analyzes a problem. This kind of thinking cannot be modeled by simple if-then statements. It's more complex than that. I have below an example of a medical diagnostic system to give you a feel for how expert system technology employs its critical thinking to diagnose a patient. So a medical diagnostic expert system has modeled the thought life of a doctor who is a trained diagnostician. It contains two sources of information. This is part of modeling how the expert thinks about the problem. One source of information is the library of diseases and their symptoms. It also contains a second source of information, which is data to represent the patient's symptoms. As you might imagine, this kind of expert system must adapt constantly to new information. Patient symptoms change all the time, and therefore it must adapt. When this software achieves a state where the symptoms are consistent with a specific disease, the system has reached a diagnosis. And this is not unlike what underwriting a mortgage looks like. When Candor models the thought life of an underwriter, it considers three sources of information, not just two. In candor, underwriter thought life is represented by the interaction of the 1003 data, that's the loan application, and candor acquires this information by integrating directly with your LOS. The second source of information is third-party data about the borrower and the property, e.g. pay stubs, appraisals, form yep. free information, and so forth. And candor gets this information from many sources, OCR key documents and XML data feed from third-party data vendors, form free again. And the third source is the investor guidelines the representation of the type of loan the investor will buy. And these guidelines are resident in Candor's database and they're supplied by Candor's clients and we access their investor guidelines. So these three sources of information interact and the interaction of these three sources, when it's completely consistent, meaning the data about the borrower, the data the borrower has represented as his official statement in the 1003 and the requirements in the investor guidelines. When those three are consistent, you really have a loan that can be underwritten and it's ready to close. However, the path to that level of consistency is very hard. It's complex, volatile, and often fraught with inconsistencies, and they are often unique to that loan. So Candor had to invent a new technology to address this phenomenon. It's called Cognitech. Cognitech. Now, that's another new word we got. 
I want to go yeah. back to one question on the guidelines thing, because that is always a big challenge for so many people, is to what Ellie Mae bought, all regs, how does your system access the underwriting guidelines? Sure. If you were a client and you signed up with Candor, we'd ask mm-hmm. you for the list of investors that you'd like right. to sell your loans to. And then we would get from that list of investors the contact points so that we could get a download of all the relevant investor okay. guidelines. And we also get put on the update methodology so that with that investor, investor number three, issues a change to guideline number 37, we're informed and then we can update the Candor database with the new guide. But you touched on Cognitech. I love that term. What does it do and how is it different than, say, artificial underwriting, AU? Okay, sure. Yeah, so Cognitech is a technology that enables Candor to adapt in real time to a dynamic and complex problem. Contact enables Candor to respond quickly to new information with the most appropriate next step. As an example, when Cognitech determines that the income represented by a pay stub is not consistent with the income stated on the 1003, it launches a process to resolve this inconsistency. It may, in this case, ask the lender to correct the income on the 1003. However, if the correction then leaves the borrower unable to meet the investor's income requirements, it may ask for additional sources of income. And if they're not forthcoming, Candor will suspend the loan. However, if the borrower can supply another valid source of income, Candor can then clear the condition and move on. So what the Cognitech is doing is taking a look at all the inbound information and reassessing the current state of the loan. Is this something new and different? And if so, what's the next best step that Candor must take in order to fully underwrite this loan? So that's the dynamic part of Cognitech. Now, in terms of Candor fundamentally differs from an AUS, the AUS only uses a subset of the information processed by Candor. And AUS focused upon 1003 information and the investor guidelines, namely Fannie Freddie. It ignores the data from third-party data providers, and the AUS has no means to vet and validate the information from third-party sources. As a result, the AUS has no logical capability to issue and clear conditions with any authority. By using only two legs of the stool, an AUS consistently presents a list of conditions that are inconsistent with the third-party data. Hence, the need for candor will issue and clear conditions in order to identify and resolve any inconsistencies across the three sources of information. This is a form of intelligence that's unique to candor. It was immensely difficult to build, very complex. Only an expert system that incorporates Cognitech can actually conduct a complete underwrite, given the nature of of an underwriting problem, which is dynamic, fast-paced, changing new data all the time. So that's Cognitech. hope it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's fascinating. How does aerospace technology play a role in something like this? We were selective in the airspace technology, but we chose some stuff that's very relevant. When we were challenging ourselves to come up with a way to automate the underwriting process, to really automate the critical thinking, we realized that we couldn't automate the critical thinking unless we also found a way to make sure that we were making, in effect, a defect-free loan every time. And that's hard to do. And there's so many potential defects that are potential in this. And that's the part that's just got to be unnerving. Yes, it is. And one of the things that we found out was that aerospace technology has a methodology, a technology design to basically make the defect-free stuff. So if you think about what an aerospace system has to do, like, for example, in a commercial airliner, there's over one million interacting parts that perform perfectly every time. That's not an accident. The aerospace industry had to develop a science to basically make sure that the systems would all perform flawlessly all the time. Lives depend on it, and if you're flying commercially, your life depends on it. So what we did was we took the science of system safety engineering 
from the airspace world and brought it over to Candor, where its job is to make defect-free loans. So the same technology that would land your aircraft safely will now land your loan safely. But uh, that's what it does. It sits there and it enables you to sit there and determine what the quality of the loan is going to be as you're making it. You no longer have to wait. You no longer have to sit there and make the loan, then subject it to a manual QC, and then determine what the quality was. You will know what the quality is at the time you make it. And so in that process, Candor has gone through a huge number of corroborations. For example, we check name and address across multiple sources. We check net pay on the pay stub and cross-reference it with ACH on the borrower's bank statement. We detect undeclosed self-employment. We also corroborate an asset balance listed on the 1003, et cetera. We do this with every loan. In fact, probably the number of cross-checks and validations that Candor performs in every loan is in excess of 10,000. So it's very rigorous, and this is something only a system could really do. You couldn't ask an underwriter to do 10,000 cross-checks, but you can ask a machine to do that, especially if all the data are there. Now, Candor is so confident in this approach to defect estimation and resolution that it ensures its work with a loan defect policy from a major underwriter. So there's a lot of work that went into making sure that when we say the loan has extremely low rate of defect that we can prove. And you literally put an insurance policy behind it. That's very impressive. You look at the bigger picture. A lender's dream could be coming true with what you're saying. It sounds very promising. Can you give me a bigger picture of the roadmap for Candor? What are some of the things you have coming up? Sure. First of all, the current roadmap, we're obviously rolling out the productivity tool, the thing we've been talking about that models the underwriter's critical thought life and institutionalize that in a machine and uses that to basically automate a significant portion of the underwriting problem. But as we're doing that, we also have Candor. Candor's designed to write all its information to a blockchain, and therefore that provides this indelible record of the underwrite. So what Candor's been able to do is cataloging data about how the loan was made, how many income sources were needed, how long it took to verify, how much of a challenge it was to get a particular loan funded, and so forth. All of that's in the Candor database. So what we offer our clients going forward is not only a productivity tool, but a data source about how they manufactured the loan so that they can use that to improve their manufacturing processes. And so they really love the part where they can go back and see empirically how long something took, the different nature of the underwrite, and how all of that has been compiled and analyzed and verified. So they have all of that in the Candor database, and that's one of the services we offer as they go forward. But as we go forward further with the data part, we also get into what the airspace folks love, and that's the analytics part. And so what we've done is really introduced airspace precision to the mortgage space in terms of mortgage manufacturing. And we leverage data and analytics to predict future outcomes in real time. Mentioned a minute ago about loan quality. We do that now. But funding and pull-through, we'll be able to start predicting what loans will be funded and how the likelihood of proof pull-through has been affected. And then, of course, month-end financials. We will be able to start talking about midway through the month what the end of month's going to look like and why and how many of these loans are going to fund and what kind of profit margins you're looking at. We go from the productivity tool to the data to the analytics here as we evolve. I'm going to toss the mic to Alice and uh, get a couple questions from you. Oh, thanks, Dave. My question was something that you had mentioned earlier. Is this borrower-facing, just the way that you described it earlier? You're spot on. First of all, presently, it's underwriter-facing or loan processor-facing, perhaps even loan officer-facing. But the structure can be borrower-facing, and some of our clients want to move that direction. So that's all true. Very good. Okay, that was interesting, yeah. Alan, you know this space so well, and Tom, we both have listened to him speak numerous times. Any questions you have for him? Yeah, God, if we had another hour, 
could really <laughs> ask some good questions. But the one that really sticks in my mind right now, Tom, is there's so many bottlenecks in the process. And even when people use technology in underwriting, there's still bottlenecks. So maybe just talk about the bottlenecks, right? How do you really eliminate bottlenecks? Well, sure. Uh, I'll take you back to an interview that we did with one of our current customers when we talked to them about what they wanted an underwriting system to do and what kind of philosophy they wanted to pursue. So there were two paths. Path number one was we want to present the underwriter with all the analyses and all the data and all the conditioning and everything that engine was deciding and get the underwriter to review and approve. But at a very detailed level, the underwriter had to understand what was going on and get involved with all the presentations going forward and also all the data and all the analysis as the system went about rendering a recommended approach. Let's call that path A. Path Bravo was the system does all of this in the background, and the underwriter sits there as a surveyor of the progress on a loan and looks at the outcomes, namely the conditions that are still outstanding to clear that the underwriter has to address, those that have been cleared by the machine, and therefore trusting in the machine that it's done the proper analyses and so forth so that they could move the loan forward faster. So this executive really wanted plan B. And the reason why she said it was very simple. She said, if I have my underwriters sitting there looking at all the data, sitting there looking at all the analyses, and sitting there rethinking all the things the system has done, I'm really not going to remove any labor. I'm really not going to accelerate the thinking, nor have I changed the underwriter's job to be a higher level job. He still has the same very granular job he had before. So this executive's vision was to basically identify and rely upon the machine and then send the information to the appropriate person in the process so they could, if any approval was necessary and a review was necessary, that they could sit there and exercise their authority, fully informed about a very specific item. So the bottlenecks were really, A, do you want to present the underwriter with huge amounts of information that they then have to review, or do you want to present them with an overview of a process and how it's been processed and concluded and, and get their endorsement going forward? So Plan B was the one that we followed. Plan B is also the one that resulted in the tremendous economic benefit you heard about at the start of my presentation. Alan, anything else? Yeah, the one thing I do want to say is I want to commend you on having those analytics and statistics up front. And obviously, you're a rocket scientist because you said Bravo (laughs) instead of A and B. But no, those are real statistics that you're getting from real loans. Do you have a target, where would you like to be knowing you can only do so much, right? Because other things need to evolve. Like you can't process all digital data unless the lender is using a digital. So where are you hoping? You're hoping to get to 50%. What are you looking at? First of all, we have a, a very robust OCR optical character recognition component to handle PDFs and other kinds of documents that are scanned and faxed in. So we have that dimension of our data gathering, as well as any form of XML where we get something like a form free bank statement in over the transom and it goes directly to day four. So we have those two. I think, first of all, let me comment on something. The economic benefit that we enjoyed that I described at the outset, not that we weren't expecting it, but we were not expecting to have that big an impact so early in our life. We're probably at year three to the economic impact we were hoping to create, which speaks to two things. First of all, the viability of our solution. And secondly, the quality of our initial customers, these folks have been great because they figured out how to use it. They figured out how to employ this capability called candor and to use it in very innovative ways. And so it's been a two-pronged effort. So the economic benefits that we're enjoying today, we weren't expecting to be able to offer people for another couple of years. The fact that it's here now is as much a credit to our clients as it is to us. So we thank them. But the next part, 
is where are we expecting to go? Obviously, we have the normal roadmap things like, okay, we now do conventional conforming. We also have FHA programmed and ready to go. Then after that, we'll do VA, Jumbo, non-QM. We also have people lined up, clients to go test and verify all of that as we roll it out. So you'll see that in the Q1 and Q2 of 2021. Those are the rudimentary things. You got to do them. That's the business. But as we go forward, we're also looking to improve the data arm of our business model and the analytics arm of our business model. And we're also seeking to give our customers more of a facility so that they can figure out better how to improve their manufacturing process. So, for example, in Candor, there's something called a smart code. And that tells you for every condition what a source was and what it means and why you need it. So some of our clients are starting to take the smart codes and build a matrix that says, if we see this smart code, we've got to send it to this person because this is the most efficient, appropriate person to process this problem for a loan. And so getting to that smart code-driven manufacturing process, which will, again, decrease the cycle time, increase the productivity, increase the throughput, all of those things will happen. And that's like our next major innovation is to go from the current level of economic impact to a smart code-driven impact that will have even more impact, we believe. Just give us a little bit of an idea of customers you have. Don't name anybody if you don't want to, but you've been around for a while. It's not new. We have a very robust marketing effort. We are boarding approximately three clients a week planning to increase that to four to five a week and then eventually eight. And our current boarding process takes no more than 30 days. So we've managed to figure out how to make the presentation of candor and the joining of it with a, a lender's process to be very efficient, easy, straightforward. And so we're able to do a board now in 30 days and eventually probably down to 10 or 15 days per client. So we're looking forward to that. So that's where we are with it. Excellent. That's amazing. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about as we wrap this up? The only thing I would offer, this is not my first expert system. This is more like my fourth. We didn't really have to do a dramatic amount of rewrite, re-engineering, redesign work. We just didn't. That's not the norm with expert systems. That's the unusual path. So we've been very fortunate in being able to get a robust solution out quickly without having to rewrite it and redesign it. So that's been one of the things that we've really benefited from. Another thing, I think we really hit on something when we talked about underwriting, the underwriter's critical thinking and modeling that as being our target. That seems to have released the economic engine here and unleashed it, enabled it to perform. And then uh, Candor is unique. It's a very unique piece of software and it has many components and you got to really have them all. You need the expert system, you need the knowledge engineering, you need the Cognitech, you need the system safety engineering. All those things are needed to give a really robust solution. And if you don't, if you shortchange any of those, our estimate is you'll probably have a problem. So those are a few thoughts that I have. But again, we're very fortunate that our initial vision was upheld, that we didn't have to redo it. Which you can imagine not only the challenge of having to do that, but then going to the investors and saying, you know, it didn't work as well as we thought. We need more money. Please send the checks here. That tends to be not a very fun conversation. So we've avoided that one as well. So we've been very fortunate and we have great clients and they've been a great contributor to making us a success so far. You've done a great job. I I love the forward thinking that you have. And I'm not sure that I'm hearing other people doing it. One of the things I did hear that you talked about is blockchain. Brent Sandler at FormFree was talking about how blockchain is going to be playing a bigger part of it. So kudos to you. I just wish you the continued success, Tom. You're doing an outstanding job. We desperately need this. And let us know if there's any new developments as you continue along the way. We'd love to have you back on. Again, kudos to Brandy for calling me and making sure we got you included in this uh, series of podcasts. So I'm really grateful for your time today.
Thank you. Thank you very much. You bet. We've had as our special guest, Tom Showalter, founder and CEO of Candor. You got to check out this system. If you have not taken a look and considered how it can help you and your underwriters become more productive, be sure to check out their website. Next week, we're going to have Cindy Danko on with Fannie Mae. Very excited. We recorded this interview with Cindy late last week, and it was really good. You're going to enjoy what all the Fannie Mae has done. The thought that's gone into the, the forbearance program, everything related to how to respond to the pandemic. It's really been really interesting. Special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, Community Mortgage Lenders Association, Indicom Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, Finastra, Modex, all these companies. Check out all of our sponsors on our sponsorship page. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Licken on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. And thanks for listening.